Welcome into the Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist of the Tuscaloosa News, co-host of Crimson Cover Television on WVUA as well. I'm joined as I am twice weekly during the football season by Travis Ryer, the senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. Talking Tide Twitter feed, of course, is Talking underscore Tide. Get links to all of our podcasts there, and of course, you can get them uh, wherever you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. We are also live on both Facebook and YouTube, so you can get us in both of those places as well. Feel free to jump in live and uh, give us some comments. We'll pop those uh, on the air if we can. Quickly, of course, want to thank our sponsors as well. Peter Brook, Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa, North River Dental Associates, and finally, our corporate sponsor, DraftKings. And uh, with the podcast just under a minute underway, we turn to Alabama's resounding season opening win, 55 to nothing over Utah State. Travis, a game that wasn't a game uh, from the very beginning. Crimson Tide exercising a dominant edge on the scoreboard uh, in the statistical column as well. The, the yardage differential, 559 to 136. The first down differential, 30 to 7. Uh, really, once you get past Utah State's completion over the top of Terry and Arnold to start the game, that's pretty much the last we heard of the of the USU offense, at least in terms of, of, of any big plays. Yeah, that was 23 or 25 of the 136, right? And right. from that point forward, uh, 58 more plays that Utah State would run in the game. Um, didn't average uh, uh, two and a half yards per play. So about what you would have expected from the Alabama defense. Although, as we talked about, Utah State, in a lot of ways, a veteran offense. Maybe not so much at the wide receiver position, but with a veteran quarterback and Logan Bonner and a fairly veteran offensive line. Uh, still a nice, nice start for Alabama, really in every phase of the game. You didn't like the block punt late. And that's one of those you can't blame it on the threes because you still got Henry Toa out there as a personal protector. Your punt team is typically your punt team. Um, but a clean game for the most part. Had one turnover. That was with your twos on offense. But more Bryce Young, man. Five touchdown passes, a rushing touchdown. Uh, I know Nick Saban said post game he wasn't particularly pleased with the consistency of the run game, but you know, when you average 8.7 per clip, no matter how you get there, uh, it's typically a good thing. Yeah, big run for Bryce Young on a scramble. Another big run by Jameer Gibbs. That ended up taking up a, a pretty good chunk of Alabama's total rushing yardage. Alabama's offense on the whole, Travis, really balanced, 281 to 278 pass run. Uh, a lot of backs got their hands on the football. A lot of receivers, I think 11 receivers caught at least one pass. Uh, surprisingly, Ja'Cory Brooks not among them. Uh, but really a night where uh, the ball got spread around quite a bit and, and certainly in the second half even more so. Yeah, it did. And that's what you wanted to see. I, I thought it was a – a good opportunity for Alabama on a couple of fronts. When you're breaking in a couple of offensive tackles like this team was, uh, this was a good opportunity before you go to Texas next week. Uh, and then with all the newness at wide receiver and, uh, you know, to see Treshawn Holden continue to step forward was a big part of the storyline. But then a fresh face like Kobe Prentice and some of the carryover of the buzz for him 
from the preseason into the season opener uh, as a true freshman was was quite impressive. And, you know, I thought that Jameer Gibbs was about what you would expect. Uh, he's going to hit the home run from time to time. Um, you know, there's going to be some plays where it maybe goes one yard, two yards, four yards, and then 60 yards. You know, he's that kind of back. Uh, but I think even his presence helped them. You know, they did some things with the two-back set that we had talked about during the preseason. And, you know, they flared him out, split him out a little bit. He attracted two defenders. And then Kobe Prentice is wide open down the sideline. So you got a glimpse not only in terms of what he can do with the ball in his hands, but how much he can influence defenses even when he does it. I tried to pay close attention to Tyler Steen in this game, Travis. Of course, the new starting left tackle, the transfer from – Vanderbilt not that Utah State necessarily was going to give him a, a huge test physically uh, but they did send a lot of different rushers at him and of course Nick Saban noted uh, during the, the the game week that, that Utah State likes to run up some twists and stunts and and some things that can that can confuse an offensive line thought Tyler Steen played pretty darn well on the whole uh, most of the pressure came, certainly the sack near the end of the first half, that pressure came off the right side rather than the left side. Wasn't perfect. Uh, he, he did have a couple of missteps. Um, it looks like when he misses, uh, recovery is tough for Tyler Steen. And so he's got to be on top of it steps wise in pass pro. Uh, but on the, on the whole, he was pretty effective. And I took note as well that, that Robbie Utes was, uh, pretty close to Tyler Steen on a lot of plays, sometimes on the ball, sometimes off. Uh, but uh, Oots was able to give him a little bit of help and pass pro here and there, sometimes picking up the edge guy and and letting Steen deal with a, a defensive tackle. Uh, but uh, for the most part, I, I thought Steen performed pretty well for his first game. Yeah, I didn't really notice him all that much in real time. So I just at the end of the game figured he must have been OK. Um you know, and, and Utah State only had one sack in the game, and that was actually in a situation where Oots got matched up one-on-one -on -one with a defensive end and, um, you know, got beat for the sack. So, uh, you know, I thought in terms of tackles for loss, they did a nice job of sort of minimizing that for Utah State. Um, again, consistency in the run game, that should improve as this group works more and more together. And, you know, you had a bit of a surprise, right, to start the game because you see Kendall Randolph at right guard, Javion Cohen at left guard, Emil Ekior doesn't get the start. We see him as the game moves on. But, you know, that was a little bit different look than we were anticipating as well. Yeah, let's get into the substitutions a little bit, Travis. And, and we can start right there with the offensive line shuffle. Nick Saban noting that Emil Echior had, had missed quite a bit of practice uh, leading up to the game. He did get into the game eventually. But, yeah, Cohen, a surprise starter at left guard. Randolph bumps to right guard. And elsewhere, uh, we saw some other interesting substitution patterns. Saw several corners in the game fairly early. Uh, Eli, Eli Ricks, Kyrie Jackson, Kool-Aid McKinstry, you know, those guys and, and, and Arnold, of course, pretty, it, it seemed like those guys were somewhat interchangeable um, as, as far as the early substitutions were. It's not like some positions where you see the ones go for two and a half quarters and then the twos finish it out. You know, they, they, they had four, I think they played at least four corners before halftime. Oh, they were. They were heavy on the rotation at corner. Um, as you said, started Arnold there. 
but then you saw Ricks and you saw Kyrie Jackson. Um, you know, the slashes on that depth chart, they meant something this time where that position was concerned. Now, I think McKinstry is a little bit ahead of those three guys in terms of cementing his place as a starter. Right. I think right now it's probably more about that other side with Arnold and Ricks and uh, Kyrie Jackson. I thought you saw some good things from all of those guys. I thought Rick showed you that if you want him to play press man, especially into the boundary, uh, his length and his physicality makes him very good in that regard. Uh, I thought Kyrie Jackson on his tackle for loss in the quick game, you know, brought a lot of uh, physicality to that finished with authority on that. So this has the look of a competition that I don't think it ended uh, Saturday night. So Makes you wonder what we might see in in Austin coming up this week. Uh, continued approach against an opponent like that, a little step up in competition. So I don't know if that'll be the case. And uh, you know, also at weak side linebacker, you saw Deontay Lawson get in there. Jalen Moody made the start, but you know, Lawson is a guy they obviously have some confidence in as well, and uh, a guy that you can play with Jalen Moody uh, if you need to. Miles Kitzelman, the JUCO tight end, a guy that saw some action as well. So there's another instance of a, of a one of the backups seeing some early action. Chris Braswell gave Will Anderson a blow in the first half, and and those you know you didn't see him in there. I I, I think the trio look with with Anderson and Braswell and Turner all at once. That's not that's not something you show against Utah State, Travis. But, Pete's keeping that one in his back pocket. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But Braswell. Uh, definitely looks like he's starting to carve out uh, some some kind of a rotational role uh, at that outside linebacker spot. Yeah, I think there's confidence in Chris Braswell at this point to the point where he's considered as much of a starter as you can be. You know, they came out in a nickel defense that had Dallas Turner and Will Anderson sort of bookending that front, um, you know, with Byron Young and Tim Smith. So they've got some versatility in how they can use their size. Uh, but first and foremost, they want to have those two outside linebackers out there together pretty much at all times. Uh, and then perhaps as we get into Texas and SEC play, then you see more of what will maybe come, become known as the triplets at some point uh, in that pass rush. Talking Tide podcast on the Pigskin Podcast Network, the Twitter feed, Talking underscore Tide. We're going to take a quick break, tell you a little bit about our sponsors. going to start. Telling you about North River Dental Associates, that great job that they do over there uh, at Dr. Jack Smiley's office. Dropped a little pizza over there just the other day for the great staff over there. They always enjoy that, Travis. Uh, and they can take care of your teeth in any way you might need. Dentures, dental implants, oral surgery, laser dentistry, cosmetic dentistry, teeth whitening services. Those always popular, of course. Also doing Botox and Juvederm treatments to tighten up those facial features for you over at North River Dental. They're going to get you in and out of the chair, typically in under an hour on a routine cleaning. They're great working with insurance folks as well. Not every dentist office or healthcare office in general uh, is good at that, but they know what they're doing uh, when they've got a uh, middleman it with those insurance people as well. I want to be reminded of those uh, twice yearly dental appointments. They can do it any way you want. Text message, email, et cetera. You don't have to keep that uh, that card in your wallet for six months or anything. Uh, they'll just let you know by text. You confirm your appointment and they're waiting on you when you get there. If you want to line one of those appointments up, 
phone number over there is 752-3506 or go to northriverdentist.com. It's North River Dental Associates. Going to tell you about Peter Brook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. As we told you, Peter Brook on Thursday of last week turned 15 years old right there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. And I know Heather and the great crew there at Peter Brook Chocolatier certainly appreciate everyone in West Central Alabama and beyond that have made the last decade and a half exceptionally sweet. And still a lot of great options for you from which to choose there at Peterbrook. Got another, uh, you got a game week coming up, but you got some home games coming up more specifically down the road for this Alabama football team. And, you know, maybe you go check out our good friends right next door at Southern Ale House, have a little bite to eat and check uh, Peterbrook out for something a little sweet. Uh, they can both take care of you right there. Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Finally, going to tell you about our corporate sponsor. That would be DraftKings. The wait is over. New football season about to begin. Get ready for NFL action with the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Celebrate the return of football. DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game. Get $200 in free bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use that promo code TPPN. That's the Pigskin Podcast Network. They'll get you $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. Once again, that's promo code TPPN only at the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply, as always, Travis and uh, we're going to wrap up the last few minutes of our recap podcast, the Sunday Nighter, talking to Alabama, Utah State. Again, 55-zip, the final score. Spent most of the first part of the podcast talking offense. Flip it over to defense a little bit more, Travis. Uh, some big plays. You mentioned the, uh, the TFL that Kyrie Jackson made. Just a phenomenal play, uh, blowing up his man who uh, – I. I guess you got to give Kyrie Jackson the credit for the tackle on that one, but the contact was made by uh, by the blocker on that. Yeah, that was very nice technique, I thought, from Kyrie. Kept his head outside and you know maintained leverage, but it didn't really matter much because he sort of was like that. Uh, he was taking care of that seven ten split and bowling. It almost looked like so. Uh, it shows you. I mean, Kyrie's motivated. He's in that competition at the corner position and. Um, you know, a lot on the line between some really talented guys. So, uh, you know, I thought Alabama from an assignment perspective handled things quite well, right? You saw some busts in coverage a year ago on the back end of that defense. Didn't really see that on Saturday night in the season opener. So there were some of those things that uh, you wanted to keep an eye on because they were a bit of an issue at times. And, you know, just sort of how the defensive backfield shook out in the different packages when they went to dime, you know, was Brian Branch going to be at the star? Was he going to slide down to money? It looked like he did. Malachi Moore coming on at the star position. So, you know, they've got a lot of guys that are capable of handling a multitude of roles. And, you know, most beneficial to Pete Golding is the fact that they've got experienced guys in those spots. Not a ton of negative plays turned in by the Alabama defense, Travis. And I think by offensive design from USU, 
Uh, that's something you can expect. Ball came out really quickly with Logan Bond, mm-hmm. and there were no sacks in the game by uh, the Crimson Tide. Uh, but when the ball comes out quick, and by the way, only 22 pass attempts I yeah. think, for USA, USU for the game. Uh, when you and I were kids, Travis, 22 pass attempts was about average. Uh, now it's about half of average, right? Yeah, that's, that's academy football. You yeah. only throw it 22 academy offense. But, no, I think those things went into it. Um, you know, Utah State, I thought wisely, Blake Anderson wasn't going to use up his season in essentially a, a bye date, a bye game, you know. He's trying to win another Mountain West Conference championship. He's got a quarterback coming off an ACL in December of last year. Um, you're not going to expose Logan Bonner to too much. Uh, he He's not really a threat in the run game as it is. Uh, but I, I, it didn't surprise me that we saw the, the second quarterback for Utah State fairly early in the game. Um, not that the score wasn't already under in hand, but I thought – you know, Blake Anderson was pretty smart and efficient, economical, I guess you could say, and how he went about utilizing Logan Bonner because there's there's too much of a season left to to burn it up in a in a game that you really don't have a chance to win. Paycheck game, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, and if you're Utah State, if you, if you're some of these small smaller programs, you got to have them. You and you're taking them. you're taking that one for the athletic department in yeah. general. So. You know, everybody understands that. And regardless of the final score, everything that's realistically attainable for Utah State football still on the table today, just like it was going into the game Saturday. Before we get out of here, Travis, got to make brief mention of the news that came out. I think it was on Friday. Uh, that the uh, CFP Board of Managers voted in a 12-team playoff. We don't know if it's coming in 24, 25, or 26. 26 at the latest. Apparently, they're going to make some effort to implement a 12-team playoff sooner than that. Sounds like Greg Sankey, for one, is a little skeptical of of whether or not they can do it early. Uh, But what a big change, right? You go from three playoff games to 11. Uh, You you go from – uh, a couple of semifinals and a final, and now you've got a bye if you're a top four uh, seed and and uh, five through 12 battling it out. I, I, I'll be curious to see how they work out all this on the calendar as well. Yeah, and, you know, so many things that are in play right now and how impactful conference championship games are and, um, you know, how can you make it work in terms of a reasonable – length of a season you know you're already up to 15 uh, with the conference championship games um, a lot of money coming from those as a part of the television contracts I'm sure that'll be a part of this we know it will be that's what's really driving it all for being honest is that uh, it's another opportunity to, to drive the the television dollars and so no uh, I know some of the I guess the the early outlines of it you're going to have on campus games uh in the first round that'll be interesting before you get into i guess more of the the semifinals or the quarters i guess it might be and then you move from there but uh i think we knew this was coming um i think it's maybe been expedited quicker than a lot of folks had imagined i know there's a theory out there that this is one attempt at trying to minimize realignment 
and keep it from becoming really about two super leagues, I guess. So pick your theory, pick your philosophy. There's plenty from which to choose. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how quickly that comes to pass. Definitely some more details that need to be worked out. Uh, but you're right. The length of season, uh, it, it's, it's growing like kudzu. If you are in that, five to 12 group and you don't get a buy and you happen to play your way into the final, that's going to be 17 games, Travis. Yeah. It, it just doesn't seem like, unless you shorten the regular season and then incorporate the, the championship game for the conferences, I don't know how you do it, you know? And with the expansion to, to 12 teams, I, this is, you know, the, the, the segue into nine conference games, isn't it? I mean, you would think so. All about the dollars. All Absolutely. About- <laughs> Nikki Santoro. Yeah, yeah exactly. All about the dollars. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's all designed just to bring your money right here into this room. <laughs> Casino fans, Travis and I are. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. Be sure to join us. Wednesday night, we'll be back uh, to preview the Alabama-Texas game as we dive into our uh, twice-weekly pod schedule now. Uh, Looking forward to that. For Travis Dreyer of BamaOnline.com, I'm Chase Goodbread of the Tuscaloosa News, and we'll see you then on Talking Tide.